The Superlative A. Lincoln, Poems About Our 16th President. Superlative, adjective, of the best or highest quality, supreme. Two, having to do with adjectives for adverbs that show the highest or lowest degree of comparison, such as tallest, worst, and most likely. As a noun, one, a superlative person or thing, two, the greatest degree of something, three, an adjective or adverb in the superlative degree, such as the tallest or the most likely. Simply superlative. Come read about a legend, the greatest of the greats, from a poor boy in the backwoods to a president first rate. Just how was he outstanding? How did he top the rest? What was it that inspired this man to do his very best? Come get to know Abe Lincoln. You'll find new stories here. You'll see that he's superlative. In many ways, it's clear. Abraham Lincoln was born in a one-room log cabin on February 12, 1809. Rising from the humblest beginnings, he became one of the most celebrated leaders in our nation's history. As one of our greatest presidents, he strove to reach lofty goals. What challenges did he face? What made him so remarkable? These stories just might surprise you. Most studious, yearning to learn. Abe's schools weren't open through the year. A few weeks there or a month here. So he kept learning on his own. No internet, no telephone. He borrowed books, he farmed and read, and pondered stories in his head. He read the same books every night. He scribbled notes by candlelight. No private school, no frame degree. Self-learning was Abe's pedigree. Amazingly, Abraham Lincoln had yes, less than one year of formal schooling during his entire childhood. As Lincoln put it, his school attendance was by littles. A month one year, a few weeks later another year. Many years there was no school at, offered at all in the part of rural Indiana where he grew up. His thirst for knowledge and his curiosity about the world drove him to learn all he could. Lincoln was truly a self-educated man. Most distracted farmer, what he'd rather do. He's one distracted farmer, he'd readily agree. He'd like to chuck his farm chores. He'd rather sit and read. He stops with each new furrow. The plow horse takes a rest. A book pops from Abe's pocket, a story to digest. He clears a neighbor's timber, then splits rails one by one while memorizing passages beneath the blazing sun. He feels or feeds a restless hunger. Words call to him, come look. He hunts for pearls of wisdom inside a borrowed book. He's one distracted farmer. He'd readily agree. He'd like to chuck his farm chores. He'd rather sit and read. Thomas Lincoln hired out his son Abraham to neighbors as a farmhand. Young Abe was paid to do grueling work, plowing, clearing land, splitting logs for rail fences, and more. He quickly realized that a life of hard labor was not for him. He wanted to read and study instead. His stepmother, Sarah, supported him. She eventually convinced Thomas to allow Abe more time to study. The things I want to know is in books, Abe said. My best friend, the man who will get me one. Best Lumberjack, Lincoln and His Axe. As he toiled to fell a great tree, his talent was something to see. With each swing of his blade, he was far underpaid, for young Abe did the labor of three. Abraham Lincoln learned to use an axe when he was eight years old. He helped his father clear land and build a log cabin for their family. As Lincoln grew, his axe was his constant companion. 
He developed a powerful swing and became extraordinarily fit. A friend noted, if you heard him felling trees in a clearing, you would say there were three men at work the way the trees fell. Best Dreamer How Lincoln Earned Two Silver Half Dollars He was no ordinary teen, a brainy boy built tall and lean. He chopped and chopped and chopped some more. He helped his pa. Their kin were poor. He used his hands. Why not his head? Could he do something else instead? One afternoon, two men approached. They had to catch that riverboat. Could Abe provide a ferry ride? He rowed them to the steamboat's side. A few strong strokes, Abe's work was through. The businessmen called out, thank you. They tossed two coins, a silver prize. Young Abe could not believe his eyes. For just one ride? This hefty fee? Now Abe saw opportunity. Abe's world looked brighter from that day. Soon he would leave and make his way. For now he chopped, but knew he'd find pursuits where he could use his mind. A skillful lad, astute and keen. He was no ordinary teen. Lincoln typically earned 25 cents a day splitting wood, tiring, back-baking work. One day, two businessmen paid him a whole dollar for simply giving them a ride. Earning such a large amount so easily had a huge impact on the 17-year-old Lincoln's dreams. You may think it was a very little thing, he later remembered, but it was the most important incident in my life. I could scarcely credit that I, a poor boy, had earned a dollar in less than a day. The world seemed wider and fairer before me. Soon he would set on his own and seek new opportunities. Best wrestler. Tips from the champ. Talk bold and loud. Attract a crowd. Claim you're the best. Take on the rest. Rip off your shirt. Stomp in the dirt. Spread arms out wide. Move quick and slide. Act rough and tough. Then call their bluff. Look fierce and frown. Then throw them down. Don't track a grin unless you win. Extend a hand to help them stand so all can see sweet victory. Believe it or not, our 16th president is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. A former director of the Hall of Fame noted, Lincoln undoubtedly was the roughest and toughest of the wrestling presidents. As a young man, Lincoln stood six feet four inches tall, weighed 185 pounds, and was muscular and long-armed. He took on all challengers and rarely lost a match. Frontier wrestling matches were rough and tumble bouts that ended when one wrestler threw another off his feet. They say Lincoln was a good sport, always helping his opponent up after winning the match. Most respected, Lincoln's boot camp. They march and drill, left, right, left, right. They stand their post, keep watch all night. They make their beds and shine their boots, to Captain Lincoln, they salute. They are a splendid army corps, but never spent a day at war. During the Black Hawk War of 1832, Lincoln served as a soldier for three months. His peers elected him a militia captain, which he later said was one of the most satisfying honors of his life. Poking fun at himself, Lincoln recalled that he survived a good many bloody struggles with the mosquitoes. His troops never saw action but the experience was invaluable. Most likely to tinker. Notes regarding A. Lincoln's invention. How created. Clever mind. When accomplished, daily grind. Education, self-made man. How he started, hatched a plan. 
work submitted, model boat. His invention helps it float. If successful, pays the rent. Other prospects, president. Abraham Lincoln is the only U.S. president to hold a patent for an invention. As a young man, he worked for a time on various rivers. One day, his flatboat got stuck and started taking on water. Thinking quickly, Lincoln bored a hole in the front of the boat, which hung out over a low dam. Shifting the cargo forward tilted the boat so the water could drain out. Lincoln plugged the hole and saved the day and the cargo. Years later, after he became a lawyer, Lincoln tinkered some more with this idea. His design to help bloats float over shallow river spots was awarded patent number 6469. Best advice, why not whiskers? Dear Mr. Lincoln, a candidate should look his best, so kindly hear my bold request. You're very tall and awfully thin. You need some whiskers on your chin. Just keep in mind the time you'll save when you no longer need to shave. I think most ladies will take note and urge the men to cast their votes. Please grow a beard. I hope you do. We need a leader just like you. Sincerely, Grace Bettle. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln was the first president to wear a beard? In October 1860, 11-year-old Grace Biddle wrote to presidential candidate Lincoln. She suggested that he grow a beard because all the ladies like whiskers and they would tease their husbands to vote for you and then you would be president. Women were not allowed to vote during this time. Lincoln won the election and soon after began to grow his distinctive beard. During his travels, he met with young Grace to thank her for the letter. Best Yarn Spinner. The president tells the story. He'd tell you a joke. He'd share an old tale. He'd spin a new story with folksy detail. He'd chuckle and laugh at his wisecracking, then give light to the truth as he made a new friend. Like stars in the sky, like bright flecks of gold, his words shone long after his stories were told. Abraham Lincoln was a master at spinning stories and yarns. The poet Walt Whitman said Lincoln's storytelling was a weapon which he employed with great skill. He frequently used folksy stories to calm an opponent, illustrate a point, or drove home an important truth. He also liked joking around, especially at his own expense. The president was a sight to behold while telling his stories. His face beamed, he was animated, and when he delivered the punchline, his high-pitched laughter sounded throughout the room. Most permissive parent, the Lincoln boys at play. They're fast as lightning streakers, White House hide-and-seekers, around the corner peekers. They're undercover spies. They're across-the-wood floor gliders, stairway railing sliders, hallway horsey riders. They're galloping nearby. They're Lincoln's main attraction, a welcome work distraction, a father's greatest passion, and the apples of his eye. Abraham Lincoln and his wife Mary doted on their sons. Abraham Lincoln was relaxed in his approach to parenting. He said, it is my pleasure that my children are free, happy, and unrestrained by parental tyranny. Youngest sons Willie and Tad had spirited adventures after moving into the White House. They ran wild in the halls and adopted a menagerie of animals, including cats, rabbits, goats, ponies, at least one dog, and a turkey. Worst room name, the Lincoln bedroom. There was no bed, the record's clear. He never slept a wink in here. 
No patchwork quilt, no cotton sheets, no fuzzy slippers for Abe's feet, no flannel jams, no dressing gowns, no counting sheep, no storing sounds. Within these walls, he wrote and read. Why ever would he need a bed? This White House room is called the Lincoln Bedroom, although Link Abraham Lincoln didn't sleep in it. Instead, he used the space as his office and held many important meetings there. In 1945, the room was renovated and furnished in part with bedroom furniture bought by Mary Lincoln. No one knows if the furniture was ever used by the president, but people beginning calling the room the Lincoln Bedroom anyway. Many visitors to the room claim to have experienced ghost sightings of the former president. Best use of an accessory. Lincoln's stovepipe hat speaks out. We don't need a leather briefcase. We don't want an attache. You can keep that canvas knapsack. I'm a traveling valet. Abe writes notes upon my flat top. He tucks letters in my band. I'm his silken compact office, and I'm always close at hand. Abraham Lincoln and his stovepipe hat were a team. He used his headwear to carry letters, notes, and documents when he was out of the office, tucking the items inside the lining. The hat's flat top provided use, useful as a writing service, allowing Lincoln to jot down notes on the go. The hat also highlighted his great height advantage over others and protected him from harsh weather. Strongest Conviction Signing the Emancipation Proclamation Summer 1862, the nation was divided as the Civil War raged on. The problem Lincoln grappled with? To right the greatest wrong. He gathered of his, his advisors, said, No man is property. He would proclaim in rebel states those held as slaves are free. His proclamation fueled debate. Some folks did not agree. Is freedom meant for everyone in our democracy? New Year's Day, 1863. Crowds streamed in past the White House gates to greet the president. He stood for hours to shake his hand, express acknowledgement. When guests were gone, he grasped his pen and sat up straight and tall. He slowly, firmly signed his name. Now liberty for all. Abraham Lincoln considered the Emancipation Proclamation to be one of the most important achievements of his administration. This executive order freed people held as slaves in states that had seceded from the United States. In July 1862, Lincoln shared the draft of the proclamation with his cabinet. In the following months, people all over the country debated whether Lincoln would actually issue it. Exhausted after shaking hands for hours at a New Year's Day reception, Lincoln noticed his hand quivering as he prepared to shine the proclamation. Now this signature is one that will be closely examined, he said, and if they find my hand trembled, they will say he had some compunctions. He carefully and firmly signed his full name. I never in my life felt more certain that I was doing right than I do in signing this paper. Most Surprising Friendship Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln Two men first meet, one black, one white. Two different views could both be right, one presses for equality, one seeks to heal disunity. A friendship buds when each man finds the other has an open mind. Frederick Douglass was a famous speaker, newspaper editor, author, abolitionist, and former slave. At times he was also a critic of President Lincoln. 
On August 10, 1863, Douglas made a surprise visit to the White House. A crowd was already waiting to see Lincoln, but the president welcomed Douglas and invited him to talk privately. Douglas urged the president to provide equal treatment for black troops serving in the Union Army. Lincoln explained that he was moving towards equal rights as fast as he thought the country could handle. Although they disagreed, Lincoln and Douglas admired and respected each other. Later, Lincoln told Douglas, there is no man in the country whose opinion I value more than yours. Greatest speech, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Superb, profound, a work of art, the perfect speech. It stands apart, it soars, it rings, we hold it dear. But it wasn't what folks came to hear. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln was not the featured speaker at the dedication of the Gettysburg National Cemetery? Edward Everett, a famous Massachusetts orator, was the main speaker and talked for over two hours. Lincoln spoke for only two minutes and delivered what Arthur Carr of Sandburg called the Great American Poem. His short speech has become an American classic and is celebrated for its beauty and simplicity. Least favorite nickname, greeting guidelines. Call him Mr. President, the leader of our states. Call him a great orator, well known for his debates. Call him neighbor, father, son, all labels he could claim. Know that when folks called him Abe, he didn't like that name. Nicknamed Abe during childhood, Abraham Lincoln preferred other forms of address as an adult. His friends called him Lincoln or Mr. Lincoln. Even his wife called him Mr. Lincoln. When he became president, people called him Mr. President, of course. He signed his name Abraham Lincoln or A. Lincoln. Even though Lincoln didn't like his childhood nickname, we still call him Abe today. Why? Maybe it's because that nickname fits your idea of Lincoln as a folksy regular guy, one of us. Who's tallest? Presidential stature. Obama, Trump, both stand up tall, but neither's tallest of them all. LBJ, he stretched up high. These other leaders scraped the sky. Clinton, Lincoln, Clinton, Arthur, Jefferson, Bush the first, and Washington. Reagan, Jackson, FDR. Yet none of them could set the bar. At 6'4", you may conclude, Lincoln reached top altitude. Of Oval Office employees, he towered high in history. Abraham Lincoln was our tallest president. During the Civil War era, the average man was only 5 feet 7 inches tall. At 6 feet 4 inches, Lincoln measured a hoop and 9 inches taller than that mark. He was literally a giant among the men of his day. Other presidents who stood tall include, in order of height, Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ, Donald J. Trump, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Chester A. Arthur, Franklin D. Roosevelt, SDR, George H.W. Bush, William J. Clinton, Andrew Jackson, Ronald Reagan, and Barack Obama. In case you were wondering, the shortest president, James Madison, stood only 5 feet 4 inches. Most admired president. Why do we cherish Abraham Lincoln? Because he rose from modest memes. Though poor, he showed you can aim high in service president, our greatest self-made man. Because he bravely mended our once frayed democracy and took a stand proclaiming that all people should be free. Because he showed great wisdom in a time of war and strife. He gave his heart, he gave his hope, and then he gave his life. 
because he is superlative. We praise his legacy. Our Lincoln is a symbol of the best that we can be. Each year, millions of people visit the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. It is one of the most beloved U.S. national monuments. Lincoln's story of growing up poor in rural America, far from the seat of government, provides hope to people from all walks of life and from all corners of the country. We admire how this plain-spoken man led the nation in a time of crisis. For people all over the world, Abraham Lincoln is a symbol of timeless democracy.